0: just send us an email, use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, one of the things that I'm always interested in is is what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of information that comes out, publications, of course, people are predicting, but change is happening quickly. And one of the areas where it's probably going to uh, change a lot, and that's in in transportation. You know, yeah. Tesla has changed.
1: Change the, the game. You right? really have. They, they change things. Well, and I'm excited about this conversation today, you kind of talk through transportation. You know, part of that's electric cars, parts we know in California, we've come up with some mandates of what they want to hit for as far as, you know, adoption of electric vehicles and kind of phasing out regular vehicles. But, you know, in, between you and me, we've talked about, you know, some of this is ridiculous. Some of this is very reasonable. Some of this is the way of the future. And, and kind of having a conversation here about transportation in general. I mean, we have some of this is Tesla, some of this is electric vehicles some of this is also you know uber and delivery and all those things so yeah i mean where do you where do you see i know there's a lot of different things but what do you see as the you know 10 years from now thinking down the road uh, let's just give you 15 years 15 years from now how do you see us getting around for things that you've read how do you see what does that look like to you
0: yeah i think i think there's a lot of comparisons to tesla to the iphone and so when steve jobs developed the iphone there was about three or four other competitors. Hmm. You don't even hear those competitors anymore. Yeah, Nokia and
1: Motorola. You right. know, it's, I think they still exist as companies, but right. they're not what we think of as major cell
0: phone players. And Tesla, one of the things that really becomes apparent is that if you're an existing manufacturer like General Motors or Ford, hmm. it's hard to just change your entire manufacturing process to do EV, whereas Elon Musk, when he developed Tesla... He is completely electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. He's not even thinking about internal combustion engines. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, his plants are all doing that. And because he's kind of a purist from that standpoint, he, most of the analysts are saying he's going to have he's going to have a market share that's going to be virtually impossible to catch up yeah. with.
1: I think it's fascinating to see an industry like automotive and feel like before Elon Musk came in. It was dominated by big players. The right. only reason you have other players were you know diversity of styles or something like that, a sports car versus
0: But it's still using the same thing, you use internal combustion yeah. engines, right? But they,
1: but feel like if you wanted to be a brand new, say you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you want to be a brand new internal combustion, I want to make cars. You know, I'm a new company, no one's ever heard of me. I'm gonna make cars, I'm gonna beat Ford. Right. That would just seem ridiculous. But right. with him coming in. I think even when it first came out, it's like, oh, it'll always be this kind of niche player, like no one will ever really adopt it. But now, I mean, it, it's it's changed. Like you said, it's kind of changed the game like the iPhone has. And everyone now, from my understanding, is getting into this. You know, Volvo and um, GM and Ford, like they're all getting into the electric idea that, that we're going to not just
0: have some electrics, but in 10 years, however long they've set by, their- By 2030, they're estimating that 60% of all cars purchased will mm-hmm. be electric vehicles. So, and Tesla will have by far the largest percentage of that, but other players too, Mm -hmm. all of the car manufacturers are jumping into that, into that stream, so to speak.
1: It'll be interesting to see who survives, right? You know, who, who can just pivot like the uh, Ford lightning truck. Yeah. And I saw the commercial that was like, that looks great. They took an existing brand an existing right. item and made it electric
0: and again the, the uh the lightning the truck the Ford truck I mean what's unique about that not only does it battery it's an electric vehicle but also you can re- reverse the charge so if you have that parked in your home and all of a sudden your power goes out you can actually plug in your truck into your house and it will power your house mm. for a certain amount of time in your house yeah which is a very I, I think it's a very unique idea, but I think it also has a lot of plausibility for people that, you know, we just we just read the you know, the headlines about Ian hitting Florida. How many of those people were without power for a period mm, of time? Sure, yeah. And having the ability to plug things in mm-hmm. uh to run, generators and other things like yeah, that. Yeah, try to sell fun. I mean, That's right. a, that's
1: a I mean it's one thing to to use up the power in your vehicle and say we're gonna you know our car now is not right. used. But to say, I'm going to charge a cell phone, right. you know, I'm just plugging in mean, my, right. I guess you could do that now with a regular gas engine, turn it on, but the idea that you could plug your house in it. Yeah. Great. So I, I think when we talk about this, the future of things, um, you know, I, I see, you know, kind of that same question. I, I mean, I see individuals who have electric cars, but I think there'll be a lot of fleets that will be electric that we won't even as regular consumers, not even realize, you know, that maybe Uber has, you know, over the the decade transition to being mostly electric or um, the Amazon trucks you see going around or FedEx trucks. Um, You know, those are big fleets and those take years, but over a decade, I could see that transition happening that we don't even realize how many electric vehicles.
0: And and frankly, there's another conversation about airplanes and trucks, Um, 18 wheelers regarding hydrogen, you know, and the way in which they are putting together these these energy packets, so to speak, mm. for longer term energy use, uh, more like uh, uh, internal combustion, but they're they're using that as a fuel. But uh, most cars, we have 300 million automobiles on the road right now in the in the United States. That doesn't mm. count the world. That's just here in the United so States. 300 million, okay. And they we produce about 17 million cars, generally speaking, on an annualized basis through most normal markets. The um, the, the the demand for most cars is that most cars drive less than twenty to thirty miles in any given trip. Hmm. If you drive through the town, what do you see? Well, you mm-hmm. see cars parked in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. So the other key to this is going to be the automi- autonomous driving. Yes, yeah, and, and that's going to be that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, now, most people feel uncomfortable by getting into a vehicle and there's no driver. Yeah. And I would say we're still in the early stages of that development, but it's moving quickly. Oh, that would be huge. That would be huge. Even our city, you know, when we're in Riverside here, um,
1: they did some development downtown and put in a big parking structure. Right. There's a big push to say, we don't need a parking structure. What we need is drop-off zones because it's going to be autonomous vehicles. It's going to be... Um, Uber type delivery for of people, you know, people Ubering to downtown. And you know, there's debate back and forth, and they end up deciding to put it in a parking structure. Right. Um, but as the future goes, it'll be interesting to see how many cars, you know, you say you drive yourself, drop off, and then tell your car to go park itself, or it, it just knows to do that. And or it's know, not even your car. It's not even your car. Yeah. Yeah. That whatever the Uber you took drops you off and leaves, goes and charges itself somewhere. I mean, it's interesting when you say that. I wonder, compared to you know the commuting hours in Southern California, a lot of people drive vehicles. Commuting hours, a lot of cars are on the road, and then from I don't know 10, 10 a.m. to three p.m. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the the car count on the on the road is. I imagine it's much less.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at, it, I mean, when you have a car, uh, you have to pay for it. First of all, there's the mm-hmm. capital expense to pay for the car. Then you have to pay for the fuel. You have to pay for the insurance. You have to pay for the maintenance. If you had none of that. Mm-hmm. Only thing you did is you paid for time or mileage, however the compensation is, the the numbers are pretty dramatic, and that yeah. that cost of that transportation would go down dramatically for you. Yeah. On uh, instead of owning a car.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that we can get some um, petri dishes of this, you know, some yeah. experiments like, um, you know, a big city, you know, say like New York with, with taxis. Mm-hmm. I could see it being something where I, mean, I don't know New York well, but a, a city like that, right, where there's enough density of people using these types of transportation that people would do that almost like a ride share, autonomous driving. I mean, the technology has to be there, it has to be safe, and all those things, of course, first. But man, can you imagine if New York cut the number of vehicles on the on road, road in half? Right. Just because it didn't need that many because it's just coordinating
0: pickups and drop-offs. Yeah, New Yorkers wouldn't know who to yell at. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but again, there are a couple cities that are actually uh, experimenting with this. One is Phoenix, Yellow, and San Francisco. Mm. And um, again, beyond this, what's fascinating to me about the research that I'm doing is the tire companies. Goodyear has a whole research division, and they're putting chips in the tires. And what they're hoping is that eventually the tires will talk to one another. In other words, mm. so you think about autonomous driving. You know, one of the biggest issues they had is that Tesla, for example, or somebody gets you know gets in a you know a, a computerized you know straightforward driving. What they don't pick up is the stuff that comes at at them from the side. And there's been some mm. horrific accidents that from that because those cars have not been able to uh, I guess the computer's not been able to pick that up. Mm. But if the tires are talking to each other. Interesting. And there's 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 this, you know, you know, the chips are in everything. Yeah. How that's going to be now most people think that'd be like big brother watching you for every yeah. movement. But it comes down to safety you yeah. know, it's very interesting when you read more and more about this yeah, we're, we're not that far away this isn't jules verne you know 100 years off this yeah. is probably like five years off
1: interesting and i've, I've heard that where you have like the 5g which is the communication right. wi- uh, wireless but to have those around intersections mm-hmm. but the speed of that is the ability of um almost like a jetson's thing where you see you know cars just passing each other right. almost robotically um but but things like that could become possible to say not just the two cars have to visually see each other but rather before they can even see each other, the roads know that there's three cars coming this direction, four cars coming this direction, and tells the cars to slow or you know, gives them appropriate warnings to make adjustments. Um, you know, it, it, it's right now it's science fiction, but how cool will that be?
0: But I think it's being an experiment on the autonomy standpoint, it's being an experiment, particularly like in San Francisco and some other urban areas where the robotics is that what Food delivery talks about the last mile. So whether it be yeah. groceries or dinners or whatever, and they're using robotics where it basically works on the sidewalk. Mm. Now, some of that is going, a lot of that things, a lot of the experimentation on that, the failures and successes, that's going to be translated into cars, mm-hmm. autom- automobile, um, automotive side. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting to see where the robotics is going right now. I mean, in fact, uh, Elon Musk even had this humanoid ro- robot. Mm. I don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. But it it it's it's um, it reminds you of something science you know some kind of science fiction thing. Yeah. But it's amazing some of the things that they're being able to develop right yeah. now.
1: So I think one of the questions that that we get from clients and we we talk about ourselves is what happens next? Not just in the what's the future going to be, but what should I do about it? Right. You know, do I invest in this? Do I pick? Do I just buy Tesla? You know, it's funny we've read a number of you know analysts. And we're constantly reading that type of stuff, and there's a few that that they have, you know, some very very positive targets for Tesla. Almost the idea that just throw everything into Tesla and the world will be okay. And Tesla is going to take us there. And we don't quite see that. I think some diversification. And and I think
0: realistically, I mean, the comments coming back is that regulators are going to, um, politicians Mm. are going to be resistive of zeroing in on one particular manufacturer. You got to remember General Motors and Ford still has a really strong political base. And there'll be some things coming from Washington as well as other countries to protect that that that, that it off. Right. so it'll probably slow the the transition down a little bit. Yeah, uh, may yes. take away some of the competition. You yeah, some
1: winners and losers. And I think the political aspect and it kind of what crosses into the environmental as well is you know there's some people who are very excited about electric vehicles. There's some of just the environmental impact. There's others who are very negative on the mm-hmm. environmental impact. Some about, you know, making batteries and mining the earth to get, you know, these, these yeah. lithium and other component parts. And then what do you do with a used battery? How do you recycle it? You know, a lot of, you know, some of those are engineering problems. Some right. of those are political problems. Some of those are, you know, being stewards of what we have problems. Um, and then there's also the, the autonomous version, you know, of, am I, do I feel safe in this? And I feel like, I feel like time and development and, Things will answer a lot of those questions. Yeah, I mean, us.
0: you think about somebody in 1900 that was used to, you know, riding in a buggy or riding a horse or whatever that transportation mm. was, and all of a sudden looking at a car coming down the street, they're thinking this is never going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, their mind is made up that the uh, the the horse they're on top of is going to be the mode of transportation for right. the future. I, I I remember talking to my grandmother. She mm. was born in the late 1800s, and she lived to be 104. So what did she see in her lifetime? Wow, yeah. And clearly she got in a airplane and flew to Europe with my grandfather at some point in time before the end of her life. Wow! But the transition from horse and buggy to getting into a jet and flying across the Atlantic, it had to have been a stark reality of the changes wow. in a relatively short period of time. What do we have in front of us? Yeah, you right.
1: Know? And maybe that same level of development, I, I would not be surprised. You know, that my kids you know, or right. me, myself, if I live to 100 you, know, are getting in vehicles that fly themselves or right. drive themselves wherever you need to go. I mean,
0: where's George Jetson in reality, yeah. right? Right, right, right. And, and such as that. I'm Randy Barkley, and this is Jeremiah Lee, and we are the principals with uh, Tricord Advisors. I'm a certified financial planner, and Jeremiah is also a certified financial planner. He holds the distinction as being the resident attorney. And he helps our clients with legal things like estate planning and trusts and things like that. If you'd like to know more about us, just give us, you know, go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. But we're going to come back and we're going to talk. We're going to further this conversation. Kind of talk about infrastructure and some of the other issues that um, that are being contemplated regarding um, uh, electric vehicles. 8371 or visit me randy barkley at retirementunlimited.com. advisory services offered through tricord advisors incorporated a registered investment advisor clearing through td ameritrade member finra sipc msrb am 590 the answer welcome back Uh, again this is jeremiah lee and i'm randy barkley and we're discussing basically transportation we're talking about the future of transportation uh, more specifically about electric vehicles, we talked about in the first segment about the you know the development, primarily the biggest innovators Tesla. But we want to talk a little bit more about the infrastructure because yeah. that's that's the thing that most people are kind of focused in on as far as the negative. I mean, our electrical grid can it handle all yeah. of this? And um, well, in
1: California, we just had blackouts and some rolling blackouts and threats yeah, of rolling blackouts, right. and that was related to people's air conditioning in a heat wave. However, the the comment um, that that adds on to that is to say, well, you know, now it's not just air conditioners and refrigerators. It is also, you know, cell phones, computers, and now vehicles Vehicles. that are just requiring so much more energy. And, you know, us in California, our our, our state has decided they want to move towards renewables. There's a number of people who have pushed back and say, well, we need everything. We need not just, you know, the existing production, but we need all the renewables. We need yeah, well, sure we'll take those. But mm-hmm. our infrastructure needs to be increased. Like basically saying our demand is going up and to the right significantly. Yes. And it will continue to do so, and especially as we roll out electric vehicles. And so what does that mean? Is that you know local municipalities having to replace, you know, lines? Is it just more charging stations? And the part that I think is on headlines is, oh, we just need more charging stations for cars and we'll take care of it. But if you have an electric vehicle and you live in an apartment, I don't know what that looks like. Do you park on the street and run an extension cord out? Um,
0: the, probably a uh, garage of some kind. I mean, you'd be down below or something, right? You know?
1: If you have a garage, that makes sense. But if you don't, which a lot of Southern California, you know, lives in apartment complexes that that don't have, you know, on-site parking sufficient for all their needs. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good conversation of of infrastructure. I mean, what, what do you see as like some of the biggest hurdles? Or the hardest pieces for infrastructure that we just well don't again. Have.
0: I, I think electric vehicles work better in urban settings uh, where where the drive is very short. And I think again, Uber and or autonomous driving is going to become more commonplace. The further you get outside of that that city and you get mm-hmm. into more rural environment, it doesn't become as practical. But again, the demand for electricity is going to be a lot less in those areas. <laughs> One of the things that happened, I I I. I I saw an article. It was on television, and it was regarding Ian, the, the hurricane that came through. Oh, yeah, you know, and it it hit the coastal areas. Uh, in fact, areas that I had visited uh, probably about three or four years ago that were very pristine, very beautiful. And they and the picture was that it was wiped out. Mm. But they also showed within right in the eye of the storm a development. Called, I think it was called Babcock Ranch. Mm. This whole development was based upon dealing with hurricanes. And here it was fairly new, but they had uh, they had a I don't know how many acres, but hundreds of acres of solar cells. But also the, the houses that were built, plus all the commercial, the common areas and such. They showed the picture after Ian, they showed the, the picture of on the coast areas where these cities, these houses were blown mm-hmm. apart. And here they showed this this Babcock Ranch, I think is the name of it. It was as nothing happened. Wow! It was a, it was as if nothing had happened. So the housing was built. It was built with the understanding that it had to sustain a hurricane, and the and the winds were 150 miles an hour. Wow. This was not just a breeze. In the so it was really
1: running. a test of how they built it and whether the the design and the structures were sufficient.
0: Yeah. So getting back to your comment, I think regarding infrastructure, there has to be some thought put into mm. it. Not only the demand. But again, I'm looking at right now, I'm gonna put solar on my house before the end of the year because it finally has got to a price point where it makes sense. Mm. I wanna be able to pay off my solar within about a seven-year period or less. And I can do that now because initially when it came out, it was too expensive. Mm. So I think you're gonna see a lot more people adopting solar on their residential. That's going to take, Pressure off of the grid. Sure. How, how that how that works proportionally, I don't know. Yeah, but I think you're going to see more and more of that because the cost is coming right.
1: down. One of the things we we talk about is batteries. You know, so right. you put solar on your house, that's great. It feels you know is reducing your bill. But when you put a battery, you know that that's kind of in my mind the next level of being mm-hmm. able to store that energy for your own use um, and or you know pushing it back to the grid, right. If that if that's needed. Um, and I don't know how sophisticated, not just our grid, but around the country. You know, there's well, probably I, I, regions that have really yeah. high tech, you know, sensors and, and grids. There's other regions that are probably fairly outdated. Yeah. And it's Akin to copper wires running back and forth. Yeah. You know? Right.
0: And I think I think that every region is going to have to reassess what their what their grid is. And I, I the articles that we read is that our grid is vulnerable. Mm. It's older and it needs to be updated and such. But I think as more and more money plows into it. Again, I go back to the sheer number of users in automobiles. I mean, it is a massive amount. And you start taking you know, 50% of the new cars coming out by the uh, Mm mid-2030s, that what's that shift is going to come from gasoline to electric. And uh, going back to, you know, going back to batteries, lithium is a continual substance that can be renewed all the time. Mm. And so there's, there's companies that are actually springing up, startup companies, that are taking all the batteries, like your cell phone, yeah. everything else, and they're recycling all that lithium in the lithium batteries. Getting a good so, process.
1: What well, we, we talk a little bit. It's interesting to think of like um, if as we move to electronic cars, um, you know, uh, oil change stations, wow. um, automotive shops, um, reuse parts, you know, uh, O'Reillys and things like that. Part of that is it gonna shift. You know, there's some yeah. people who've read this thinks there's gonna be a boom in those industries. I'm you know, just thinking about it, I could see there being a lot of people who don't have jobs to say, well, we don't need our oil changed. We right. drive an electric vehicle, or there's only 10 cars in the city that need you know, oil changes. But like you said, you know, those jobs may transition from working at an oil changing station to working in a battery recycling station or right. a harvesting station or, you know, almost yeah, like yeah. a pick-apart, like we'll take off your battery. We'll get you a new one and then we right. got to get there's like there's gonna be a lot of new industry around this that will spring up.
0: It always comes down to education and you want to continually um you know, you're talking to your children. I, I you know, I mm-hmm. always talking to people around me. You never want to stop learning. And I think it's really interesting that with no matter what the trade is, it's changing. And it's yeah. probably changing more rapidly now than it ever has, and it'll continue to go through that that mode of change. But you want to stay on top of whatever those changes are so you don't become out, out of date. You don't yeah. become, you know basically unnecessary. So yeah, and that's
1: kind of the, the personal side, right? Each person can stay up a day of this and, and keep their skill set, you know, active so they get good jobs. There's also the investment side. I mean, a few people are looking at Tesla and saying it's going to be, you know, $1,600 a share in the next 10 years. And it's at, at like 215 216 today, today, um, this week. And, and so looking at that, like there's also the investment side to say, you know, we're not, necessarily trying to pick one stock but to say invest in this industry right um to have someone who takes a a, a reasonable position to say this isn't you know three month money or six months but this, this is 10year money yeah ten, ten years plus that, that there's going to be winners and losers it's going to be regulation it's going to be development but the picture does look 10 years from now we will be in a, in a very different economy. And to invest in this and have that growth, you know, recycle battery cycling companies, um, electric vehicle creating, you know, station infrastructure building companies, right? Those are going to spring up and those are going to thrive if we really get to where we think we're going to. Yeah.
0: So you know, I talk about your mad money and yeah. talking about money that you can just set aside for some some people. That's a significant amount. Other people's a small amount, but there's ways that you can buy either individual stocks and buy a, a, a broad number of those, mm-hmm. or you can buy into a fund. And so we have a small money you buy into a fund that will get you um, exposure to that, yeah, and we can we can help you with that. That it, right. it's not something that we're saying no, you can't do that, but there is a way in which to approach that. Me that makes more sense for yeah. some people, right?
1: But I think a good take home is to say we're moving in this direction. So how do you personally prepare for this? And, you know, retool, make right. sure your job is functional in this, um, but then also. You know, what choices you make as you're investing to say right. this is very likely where the world is going right and you know, we've only talked about the us I mean this is also an international question
0: very much so um that, yeah. that we'll
1: get into i'm sure in, in future weeks okay
0: so anyway um we've been talking about this and if you'd like to know more about this particular subject matter we'd like to engage with you give us a call at our office at uh, 951-684-7011 um, or simply just go to our website which is tricordadvisorsadv.com uh, And uh, hit on the connect button and uh, ask us a question. We'd be more than happy to send you out information as best as we can for the information that you're requesting. Yeah, if you missed any
1: part of this episode, uh, we we are on the radio. We also are on our website as well as YouTube. Uh, But you can find us on our website. You can find us on YouTube and get the full thing.
0: Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.